Welcome back to an all-new season of the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. This is 601, Wine and Roses. Uh, I'm Chris McCaleb, and with us, as always, I think this year, uh, it's uh, our co-host and former editor of Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, Kelly Dixon. Hi, everybody. It's so great to be back. I've already been uh, sort of uh, hit on Twitter several times. Is the podcast coming back? And I did reply, it will. <laughs> so I just like to like, I just hit like on those and I just let people keep guessing whether or not it's coming back. Because um, soon enough, they'll know it is. It's happening. <laughs> We're doing it right now. And uh, also with us, um, as always, is uh, my co-pilot here. And also the editor of this episode, his first solo editing credit on television is Joey Reinish. Hi, Chris. Happy to be here. Happy 601. Happy 601, indeed. Uh, you did a, a fantastic job, man. Thank you. Really, really great job. No stress or pressure whatsoever. <laughs> now, why did it take you so long to finish this episode? You know what? <laughs> we'll, we'll ask a few other people that question. Um, the first... But uh, let me let me first introduce the co-creators and executive producers of the show, Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan. Hey, hello, how's it going? Well, it's going good. But I, now we're talking about episode one, and what a I'm, we're all talking about what a long, strange trip this has been to get to this point. Uh, Vince, I have a, I have a theory that this was our most difficult season yet. What do you think? <laughs> I think you're right. It uh, was certainly the longest. Uh, it was well over a year, right? How the writers' room was uh, probably at least a year, right? I, I, I've lost track. Yes, the writers' room took a full year, and then I think it's all the long un- uncomfortable pauses in between words. <laughs> it's true though you know it's what true, it is though. i think the uh, zoom slowed us down there's no question well yeah and, and we're because the global pandemic that you you started the writer's room and right in two weeks in is when every the whole world shut down and you had to move into a virtual room exactly and that is true and you know speaking of zoom is it worth because uh, this is everybody's uh, first uh this is uh, their first time back in quite a while. Is it worth talking about the new technology you guys are using for this one? Mm. Uh, I'll take take that drink. That yeah, good. there we go. <laughs> Getting hydrated. Get, get um, that vodka. Well, yeah, we're 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 your these podcasts are going to sound a little different than you're used to because um, for legit like mostly for for just safety and health reasons, we are doing all these podcasts this year uh, remotely, which. We were bummed to have to do that, but we just wanted to be able to actually do it. So we figured it's better to have it than to not have it. So, so here they are. They're going to sound a little different, and we're doing it over Zoom. Uh, every, but everybody's got their own microphones, and uh, we're recording them separately. It's way more work for me, but that's fine. Uh, they everything is fine here. But they're treating me well here. It really. <laughs> I'm glad it exists, and God bless all the good people at Zoom. But Zoom is not the same thing as being in the same room together. And right. if the podcast sounds different, maybe it's because of that. And and Peter, I mean, the writer's room was definitely different doing it over Zoom. And it was not not my favorite thing, uh, to say the least, because <laughs> it's weird. It, it's, it's like an impediment to communication. As, you know, it's just because you, there's these weird pauses and there's these weird, you don't know if people are, you, you can't tell if you're, it, it's like bad dreams I've had where I'm trying to talk and, and no one is listening. And it's just, it, it's like, that's what Zoom is. And it added, how much time do you think it added to the writer's room? Is there any way to figure that out? What do you think? 
Uh, I think it added uh, three months. Yeah. Three months. Oh. No, three months, two days, and four hours would be my guess. <laughs> On minutes, I'm not absolutely sure. I have to say, though, I think, uh, Chris, we've got some other guests. We sure do. Vince and I, Vince and I kind of waylaid you for, for I a I know. I'm sorry. We have some, we have some is, fantastic can, people here. You can cut that part out. Yeah. No, not yes. at all. That's this. That's I mean, that's a big part of uh, of what made this season and what shaped it is is sort of the the challenges that we faced and figuring out ways to get around them. Um, so yes, let's let's introduce uh, our our two guests for this episode. Uh, first, we have the returning champion. Um, uh, he's he's fan favorite from last year's podcast um, for his incredible insights. Uh, he's the director of this episode and an executive producer. Can I say that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, he's the director of this episode and executive producer this season. It's Michael Morris. Yay! Hello. Yay! <laughs> what a pleasure to be here over Zoom or otherwise. It's it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's always also good to best, see you, man. The best voice also, I think. Absolutely. Even though he puts on the accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's flawless. <laughs> uh, and, and, and our other guest for this episode is, uh, is uh, a, a new person to us this year who's done just a spectacular job uh and she is the production designer denise pizzini yes <laughs> yes thank you so happy yes. that you're yes. here i'm the new the newbie <laughs> we, we i can't tell you how many times we're in the room or on or in a virtual room and we're talking about how incredible the production design work is this season including a lot of stuff we definitely can't talk about in this podcast <laughs> because there's so many more episodes to come you guys so many more. We could fill an entire podcast just talking about that that teaser. Oh my god, uh, season teaser! I, I I I'm anxious. I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm anxious to have you guys start talking about that. Yes, but we can't. And and you know what? I'm going to speak up a little bit here because this is like not the first time that I haven't been involved in the season. But it's it, to me, it's like really, really, really like it's almost hampering to me to watch these things and not know what's happening but I guess it it probably will be good for the podcast but I just you know about 20 minutes ago I just watched this teaser again and I was like writing some notes and I was like geez you know there's so many things to ask but you can't I can't ask because there's so many things that are just waiting to be revealed um and I'll tell you a little story I got these uh episodes about two weeks ago and um when I got them uh, I clicked on the episode, uh, the first episode to start watching, and I immediately, after I saw the ties, I slammed the computer shut, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to know, I don't want to know, <laughs> and, and, and I, I called Chris, I called Chris, and he's like, have you watched them, and I'm like, no, I really, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to watch, and he, and he said, why, they're really good, and I'm like, I don't doubt that they're good, I'm just, I don't want it to end. And so mm -hmm. I, I bring all those up because watching this teaser again, I mean, this is the first one, I believe, right, that is not in the Cinnabon situation. It, it has turned from black and white to color in the middle of those ties. It's a great effect. Thanks, guys. But there is absolutely, like, I know that all will be revealed. So I'm like, there's so many questions I have, but then I'm like, I don't want to know. Here's, mm -hmm. here's one question that I will ask, and I know you can't answer, but... <laughs> the the did you guys build all that like the trump toilet and did y'all build all that did you find that 
We built the bathroom. Yeah, we we built that whole bathroom. We okay. we built that Trump toilet. We we found um, you know the the tile, the mosaic tile we have is these little tiny like coins which which were representing money and um, you know we wanted it to be like a big ego room for him because we have I think it's Zeus on the wall and it looks like an ego house. Yeah, you know? well, it, yeah, big time. It is. We. We what Denise is even being a little um, uh, modest because uh, we did find the house. The house is a real house in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. and by the house I mean the big entrance hall and some of the other spaces that you see, the hallways, the dining room. It's so weird, by the way, guys, to to, to be able to speak about this episode out loud because <laughs> it's been like a full on state secret, everything. So I'm a little gun shy um, about even talking about details, but I'm, I, I have confidence that, that we can say things now. Um, but so we found the space and Denise did incredibly, hopefully maybe on a website one day we can see a before and after picture side by side because it really is extraordinary what, what, what Denise did. But we created the bedroom out of a sitting room on one side of the house and the closet was a bedroom that was connected. But she did an incredible job. I mean, the entire company and crew audibly gasped when we got to that house. I'm not even joking. You can ask Rich Sickler, uh, our amazing first AD. There was like a hush. It was great. (laughs) Here's the other yeah. thing that I that I noticed too. Outside, there's bars on the window, and I'm like, "Were there? It's like y'all didn't put those there, right? But you meant for them to be there, right? I mean, you want them to. I, why am I asking that? I forgot where I was for a second. Denise would have removed them if, if, if she didn't yeah. want them. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I'm like, it's they're little small details, but I guess I'm I'm just saying that when I watched it, I was like, okay, this is a this is a time out of time thing. I don't even know when this exists. And, I, and that's why I kind of slammed my computer down and said, I don't want to know. So I, I know that we'll continue to talk about this throughout this season of podcasts, I'm sure. Yeah, because getting to, getting to that point was a little bit of a process, too, finding that location, because we were trying to use, um, you know, another location, which we, we tried and we tried and it just didn't work. So when we found this place... You know, we kind of switched gears a little bit and, and it just kind of fit right in. It was, yeah. you know. What Denise is referring to is our original idea in the writer's room was that this would be the house that Jimmy and Kim looked at, the empty house when they went, uh, they kind of went house shopping last season. And we thought, wouldn't it be great if he, he had bought the house that he and Kim looked at? And uh, we went there, we went, scouted the house. And it was just, it was just too restrictive. You know, it was, and it was such a wonderful idea to use that same house. And I, I held on to it probably a little bit longer than, than I should have. Uh, but then, then when once, as soon as we released that, uh, then there were so many more options and possibilities. And, th- you know, there were so many things that weren't scripted or that became scripted once we found the look, for instance, the swimming pool, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite images oh, in, this, yeah. in this teaser. We had, we had no idea that there was going to be a swimming pool. Uh, and so that that became that became what it is in the teaser, and it's uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's it's just a remarkable piece of work. And and I have to ask, Michael, how did you do this? I mean, was this was this uh, because it's slow motion? You're working with all those people. Who are these people? Yeah. And also, by the way, oh, maybe I'll just sidebar this too. This I don't know if I should say this. This teaser is chock full 
of Easter eggs, both from previous seasons, but they're also, I don't know what you call them, Vince, pre-Easter, pre-Easter eggs, pre-Easter eggs. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good word for it. I like that. There are, there are things you're seeing in this teaser that will make much more sense to you later in the season. Uh, because uh, that's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, it's worth watching the, the teaser again once you've watched the whole season, for sure. I mean, you scripted something extraordinary, this incredible... I've got to say, my experience of reading this script, um, and Chris, please take out anything that is just extraneous, because I might be saying too much, but my experience of reading the script was I, I, I understood that I was going to have the... the uh, like the opportunity to direct the first episode back. And all I could think about was Cinnabon. Literally all I could think about was, oh my God, I'm going to do a Cinnabon sequence. It's, it's like, it's such a sort of, I don't know, it's such a badge of honor. And, uh, and I get the script and I'm like, oh, whoa. One of the first things it says is in glorious color. And I'm like, wait a second, how the hell is that going to work? But then in, on recovering for a second, I, you wrote, Peter, the most extraordinary montage this notion of this this house, the busyness, it, and right away from the beginning, it felt to me like as much as possible, we wanted the vernacular to be a moving camera, the camera moving through and gliding through. Um, everything else beyond that was this sort of great, this is the great advantage of, of, of having the time because it turns out we didn't shoot this right when we shot the block of season of episode one. We shot it uh, for various reasons later in the season. And it gave us a chance to, to really wrap our heads around the kind of like uh, ballet that this was going to be. Um, at one point, we actually had uh, ideas of having uh, some choreography involved. We didn't end up doing that. And in fact, the movement was created in, in a set of rehearsals with me and uh, Rich Sickler, our first AD, and the um, always incredible Trina, uh, who is sort of MVP. Of, of most things that she's part of. And, and between the three of us, we sort of wrangled all these teams of background artists, many of whom were professional dancers actually, just so that we could make sure that we had a team of people who could take direction very specifically. Wow. And yeah, yeah. We, we, we worked with a local uh, dance company. We didn't end up using their choreography because we ended up staging it. But we had a, we had a couple of days of rehearsal and everybody showed up. Everyone was incredibly game to literally like, we planned the camera movements to within an inch of their lives. And I, I know this is gonna probably be too long a description, but, but Marshall, our, our cinematographer, and his team actually built a camera rig that, that we had never used before. In fact, I don't know if anybody had used it before. It's a certain type of, of uh, camera stabilizer that was, was held and a certain type of camera um, that, that he had that was light enough to be able to sort of just be held on arm strength. But Matt Cradle uh, and, and uh, Marshall uh, walked through every single little bit of that. We, we developed the, the, um, the look of it with Denise, obviously, you know, the, all the incredible color scheme and the, all the reflective surfaces and the way the light was gonna hit in, in there. And, uh, and yeah, and as Peter said, the Easter eggs alone um, was one of the most fun parts of, of plotting this. And that was right up to the, the minute. Like we would do a take and then we would realize we could cram something else in. So we would throw another Easter egg in and make sure that Matt uh, holding that camera would just catch something as it went off on the right. Um, it, it was an extraordinary experience to be able to make a sequence like that. Um, 
a massive honor for me and also just wildly unusual in the sense that there's there's no dialogue you know this is a is a completely visual experience and and uh and there's no jimmy and there's no jimmy but jimmy's everywhere i mean it was so interesting kelly to hear you say that you slammed the laptop closed and there was a sense of not wanting it to end joey will remember when we first watched the first you know uh, assembly of this that was my reaction I got really emotional watching it, actually. Um, this incredible song choice that, that, that was, just came to Peter, um, this, which really ties the entire thing together in the most beautiful way. I got very emotional watching it because it does really feel like the end of an era. You know, it feels like the end of something, you know. That's well, beautifully, beautifully done. Is it, what, how did you shoot that first shot Had that with the ties? It almost looks, doesn't even look oh. real. And I mean that in a good way. I mean, oh, I'm so happy you mentioned that, that, uh, the tie shot because that was an idea um, that I think I, I, I had early on. I think probably holding on to my jealousy about not starting in black and white. <laughs> I wanted the idea that we were slightly wrong footing everybody and that we would start the season as always in black and white, but then color would just invade it. So there's no, interestingly, there's no visual effects in there of any kind. There's no editorial effects either. Ooh. What we did was we got a bunch of black and white ties. And so we set up this incredible camera, the phantom camera. If there's a behind the scenes photo, it's the best because there were two conveyor belts. I mean, Werner and Bob House and his crew are unbelievable. So we had, there are special effects people. And we had these two conveyor belts that would converge over a, a white box, a pure white box that Mark and the props team made for us. Camera looking straight down, basically, uh, looking straight down. And we were shooting at some inordinate uh, frame rate, uh, hundreds of frames per second. And the, the, the ties, the whole thing, the whole take took about 12 seconds. It was like a bunch of ties just fell. But when you watched it back, there was this dance. And so it was just amazing, Jen Bryan, um, our costume designer found as many black and white ties as she could. So it was just about timing. We would do black and white, black and white, black and white, and then a hint of color would come in and then a hint of more color. And before you know it, it's just color everywhere, which um, felt fun. I, I knew the rest of that story. I didn't realize there were black and white ties. I thought you were yeah. just bringing in the chroma yeah. as the shot progresses. That's even more brilliant than I thought it was. It was. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I like that. That's what's yeah, so no. wonderful about, like nowadays you can't even believe stuff, you know? It's yeah, like, right. you know that there's visual effects there. Always, there's visual effects. It's like, you know. Hey, Kelly, is this a good time to talk about what you've been up to since you left us? Eh, I can say a little bit. Can we just I mean, say this? Can we just go, choo, 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 choo. I can say, no, I, I can say what I'm working on. I mean, it's out there on Twitter, I know. Um, I am, uh, Currently, about six weeks away from finishing uh, Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, cool. and and your trailer came out the day before ours did. Yes, it did. We beat y'all. We beat y'all. <laughs> Speaking of Jedi mind tricks, um, how about Lalo with the? Du that I mean, was great. What a that was maybe the best transition we've had. No, but but uh, I how how did the idea this 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 Lalo having this double? Talk a little bit about the the. The, the process of, of the of the writing of that and then that location that the family is living at. And, and uh, I'd love to hear, you know, that what you guys did to it, Denise, and and, um, and, and then finding that actor. As always, it, uh, when we get back into the room, we, uh, we tear our hair out 
because we've made all these problems for ourselves in the previous season. Uh, so, you know, we, we had this question, you know, it's, it seemed like Lalo at the end of last season wanted to keep the fact that he was alive secret because, you know, he had the, uh, the, de- the, the that last of the mercenaries make a call. And so the question was, you know, what does he do now? How, how is this guy who's so well-known, how does he, uh, how does he, how does he escape? And we had this idea that he had a double uh, and that, you know, just as Saddam Hussein, you know, did. Uh, but this, in this case, this is, uh, the idea was that this is, this is a, uh, this is a guy who he spotted in, uh, he spotted who's, who's a, you know, a regular, regular, normal human being. And uh, he's brought this family to live uh, in the Salamanca neighborhood and that they've, uh, you know, that they've, they've lived pretty well and they've really benefited from, from knowing him because uh, Lalo's kind of a generous guy. If you're working for him, he's, uh, people love him. Uh, and, and unfortunately for them, this is, this, is, uh, this is the moment that he needs his double. And that was, uh, that, that was that, that, that five, those five sentences took us an awfully long time to figure out. I remember, uh, you know, we had many different versions where the, the guy knew that he was a double and was, you know, driving a Ferrari and, and living it up. Uh, but this seemed, this seemed more uh, grounded and it also kind of broke our hearts that there yeah. was this, there's this nice, this nice couple who live obviously within walking distance of Lalo's compound and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're honest. I think the idea is that they're honest people, and that they are. They are very grateful to Lalo uh, for uh, for all the good things he's done for them. But now the uh, now it's time to pay the piper. So and, they and, so and they don't I, know. I don't. I don't think they know their no, uh, no, what their no. job is. I think they just think he's the wonderful patron. You know, the wonderful guy yeah. who took a liking to them and and rescued them from their. I don't know, rescued, but but. Uh, Move them from their home in the mountains somewhere, maybe further south, and gave them this night. You know, probably hired them as a as a caretaker, uh, one of the caretakers for the 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 rancho. You know, and that's what this guy thinks he does, and that is indeed what he does, except that he's got a bigger, darker purpose that he doesn't know about. And then the thing about Peter, the thing about the you know how are your teeth, you know that's that's, that's important right. that's too. Right. Yeah, how's that's how's right. his teeth? How's his teeth? Thank you for sending him to your dentist. His yeah. teeth are a lot better. I think that my biggest question was, oh my God, did did what happened? What I think happened really happened, and I I felt very sad. What and happened? God damn, those happened. scissors are so mean. From my point of view. The fact that uh, Peter and Vince and everybody else in the writers' room came up with this idea that he is an unknowing double just was so much fun to direct. I mean, the scene was so much was such a different animal with him not knowing, with them not knowing. It would have been a really interesting scene, I think, if he'd come and said it's time. That would be interesting. But the fact that there was all this menace in the scene and and all this, and, and I thought we, did, that, we uh, didn't want another chase scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But, sorry, sorry. Um, no, Tony was so they were great. The the two the, the two actors, uh, you know, Rosemary and Marcus was were fantastic, and it made me want to direct everything in Spanish, which is a language I do not speak, <laughs> because it was so much fun. But uh, Tony, I thought, just had such a nice mix of sort of regret for what he was about to do, yeah, and a sort of, um, and yet there was no way around it. You it's know, it was a different side of Lalo a little bit. I mean, even though he's still the stone cold killer, he's going to do what he's going to do. 
Yeah, he doesn't want to have to kill these. He didn't want to have to see his family taken down either. Yeah, right. I think right. you're right. He doesn't doesn't enjoy this. It it is a it's a beautiful shot, Michael, and so many beautiful shots. But the not, with the taking the scissors apart. But uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't feel for a minute like he wanted to do it. Yeah. Just yeah. And Denise, what's it like making making Mexico and New Mexico? What what did you have to do there? Well, that partic- that was a challenging location because we could not find a farmhouse that was surrounded by land. So we ended up with uh, with a house, which was it's kind of like a wedding venue in a way. But we took the back of the house, just the one room, and we created the kitchen. The, the little dining room and the bathroom in that house. And then the the whole side of the house was revealed. So I turned that into like a barn area. So we covered that whole side as a barn. And, uh, and then we planted a big garden in the front because they had a, like a pond and we filled the pond and, you know, covered wow. it and made it a Guys, garden. It, it was incredible. It was absolutely, and, and it's so, ha- I'm so happy that Denise is on this, you know, because she gets to have, a little some tribute play because this was nothing is what it seems in this set you know the house that, that, that denise is saying well we put the, the kitchen and the bathroom in there it is like a very new construction house with all drywall and you know um and wooden floors you know very nice place but totally different from what you see everything down to the window elevation down to the doors were replaced down to every plaster finish was created the wow. flooring was created the view out the window where the goats were, there were goats for God's sake. But I remember there were things that we weren't allowed to see because there was a house next door which had a big American flag flying and they were not entirely amenable to the idea of taking down their American flag. So we had to, we had to make sure we didn't see the American flag. Um, Gosh. Do you remember yeah, all the I, other stuff? I mean, it was well, incredible. You know, I, yeah. I have to say too, because I haven't seen this episode, but you know, I'm the new person here. And so I get hired and I'm a big fan of the show. I get hired and this is what I, this is the first episode that I'm reading. And I'm like, holy cow. Because, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the teaser is so descriptive. And and uh, I think there's even a line there that says an opportunity for the best art department, and I'm like, no pressure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you're evil. So, so I was like, you know, in a little bit of a panic because that first episode it, it was huge, and and I and you know and and coming in on season six of a show, a production designer doesn't want to just you know re you know, redo sets that have been done over and over. And there, and, and Vince and Peter were like, it's going to be different. You know, you have new, new stuff to do. And, you know, and I knew there would be some repeat stuff, but then this first episode was quite a challenge. So the, the fact that we moved Saul's, um, uh, the mystery house a little bit later was really helpful because that took a little time to develop and get it just right. And how long but, does uh, Typically, does your team have to put together something like what you're saying with this house, with the, the Lalo double house? Um, I think we just, uh, well, you know, we first of all, you spend a lot of time looking for locations. Right. And then, you know, and you find a location and then you have to kind of visualize what we can because you're not going to find the perfect location, so you have to visualize what 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 can we do to to make this serve the story and this location. Because basically, we were kind of out of time too. Because I said, if we're going to do this, we have to pick something and make it work, and that's what we did with this location. And I I can't remember. I think 
we had maybe eight weeks prep before we started shooting, but there was a lot in this first episode that we were prepping. So it, it sounds like a lot of time, but it's really not very no. much time and, at and all. And in a pandemic, let's, let's and not. And in a pandemic, you got to wear a mask yes. all day. Yeah. Yes, in a pandemic. And um, we, um, like that particular location, I think we started working on it probably, I don't know, two weeks before, you know, wow. building windows and doors and stuff. And then the, ins- the install, maybe, maybe three weeks building stuff offsite in our mill. And then the install was probably about a week. And then set deck had probably three days, you know, wow. and How the you- greens, it, it, it was a lot. That thing Michael was saying, you covered over a pond? How the hell do you do that? How do yeah, you there cover was a, over pond. a pond. Well, we, we filled it and then we, uh, you know, because I wanted, I wanted to feel, I wanted a sweetness to this location too. So what, you know, this horrible thing that happens, you, I, I wanted to tell that story that these people are just really kind hearted, sweet people. And so we had this lovely, you know, vegetable garden that we put o- over that pond because, um, uh, you know, they wouldn't have a pond, first of yeah. all. So if we were going to get wide at all, we had to cover that pond. So we did our little vegetable garden there. What happened to all the fish in the pond? Are they in Ziploc bags with water? <laughs> no fish for harm. No fish for harm. No. Luckily, the pond fish was... on the show. Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely yes. pro fish. The pond was mid-renovation, so. Well, gotcha. And you wow. had another major lo- new, brand new location uh, in this episode, which is, I'm sure was a challenge in, in that motel. Yeah. That Nacho yeah, that, miraculously. Oh, that was nothing. That was, e- that was easy for Denise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Motel Ocotillo. Well, you know, part of the deal, too, is is when you're working on all these locations at the same time, you they're far away from each other. So you spend a lot of time. I got to go check the paint at Motel Ocotillo, and then I got to go to the farmhouse and make sure this is happening. So it's, it's, it's a lot of moving around, but, you know, our scenic team, it, which is, who is amazing. You know, we did a lot of research just on you know, uh, border towns in Mexico. And, uh, and there's a certain color palette that, that feels more Mexican. There's uh, what I call, you know, third world green, which is the same green that is used all over the world. And I don't know why it is, but it is. So I used that and we, um, you know, we took some of the new buildings there and created a little sense of a town you know, but kind of a, uh, not a town that's populated, but maybe, you know, a little bar or something. But, uh, yeah, the motel was, was, was good. Motel is I, a big I, one. I, I'm yeah. always so impressed by, by the whole art department. Uh, but one, one group that really hit me this season were the uh, scenic painters, yeah. uh, who are just, they're just amazing. And you, you know, looking at that motel, looking at the before and after, you just would not believe, you know, there's, there were parts of it, I remember the location pictures that were kind of new and there yeah. were parts of it that were kind of old and it's just the, the work that they did creating these signs and making them look like they'd been there for decades and then yeah. seeing the layers of other painting underneath. Um, it's just, it's just, it's really remarkable. And then of course the, uh, the interior of the, of the, uh, the interior of the motel uh, of, of Nacho's room is a, is a set. Yeah. And, and again, it looks it's just it's just beautiful. Yeah, I actually done. love I actually love that set that because it has yeah. this austere kind of 
um, I, that, that, I don't know. And the way it was photographed, I, I really liked, I really was pleased with how that came out. And, you know, and, and as far as the scenic painters, all, everything in Saul's bathroom, all that, that marble and stuff is all scenic work. It's all hand painted. Wow. So it's not real marble? No, it's, no, no. Wow. What it's about all, the what know, about the paintings on the wall? The 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 nymphs and the gods. Those are, those were printed, but then we did a layer of texture paint over that. Wow. But wow. all that oh. sapphire and black that is all scenic work. Wow. Wow. You you know just since we jumped back to the teaser for one second, since uh, Kelly was bringing up visual effects, I will say there is one visual effect in that teaser, which I don't think. I'll say if I were watching it without knowing it, I would never know that the stopper that comes out at the very end and rolls into the gutter, that that stopper is actually a visual effect. Wow. And, uh, what? It's, 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 Wait, uh, what's yes, the our, visual uh, effect? What is it's it? It's the stopper. There was no stopper. That's a CG. Shot. Oh, you CG put it in. It's a CG. Oh, wow, okay. It's a CG. It's a completely fabricated stopper uh, done by our... Uh, our, our good Canadian friends uh, at Rodeo, and uh, they, it's, I think it's just utterly and completely convincing. And I it's, can't of course, believe When that. you think about it. It's amazing. When you think about it, yeah. it, when you think about it, it makes sense. How do you make that thing fall out and hit exactly where it needs yeah. to? Of Michael, course, Michael you have should, to do something. Yeah. Y'all are pretty, in, I mean, look, y'all have been pretty ingenious on doing practical things, so. But Michael, know. talk about that, because I've been there as a director before. You don't, that was so smart of you. Talk about why well, you did it. Well, you better. know, we went through a process, it, it, because I'm with you, Kelly, like I really, I get, a, I get a stupid kick out of doing things practically when possible. Um, and in fact, we had planned to do that. We had, you know, brilliantly um, 3D printed copies of this um, stopper. The stopper, it should be said, is a very rare thing. You know, it exists. It was made by an artist, I believe. There are not many of them in the world. I mean, it's it, you think, oh, it'd be easy to replicate. It's actually not that easy to replicate. So we 3D printed a version because it was going to fall from something of a height, right? And because the camera wanted to be in that same visual sort of one-ish flowing motion, we wanted to know where it was going to end up. The whole plan was to end up in, a, in, in essentially a close-up on this thing. And as we planned it, as we planned the shot, and we saw, okay, the ramp's going to go up and it's going to fall out and it's going to go down, um, it just became like, can you imagine doing that? This is the second day of filming the <laughs> teaser. And at the end of that entire thing with all the background and everything and the cut, that it, it just rolls a little bit off and remember it's not a round thing it's got the spikes and it's heavy and it could have done anything yeah so i think i did uh, one of the things i did and uh, was do like a few different walkthroughs of all of these shots just with iphone walkthroughs you know to try and sort of pre-visualize what it was going to be and when we ended with this one after it after a little after sitting with it a bit we thought uh, what if we, this could be this? What if this was a visual effect? Because then we could make the shot exactly as we wanted it to be. Yeah. And as Vince said, not have that anxiety of, of of missing missing focus, missing any one of a million things. Also, so it's thank, a long yeah. shot, right? There's a bunch of stuff that happens at the head of it, right? Yeah, we're coming right down across the uh, across the moving van, and then we see this piece of furniture getting wheeled up, and then we wheel around and we see the thing open up, and then it just gradually sinks down. And yeah. it was this. But it's such a lovely idea, Peter, for, for a, and how do you end a teaser like that? Mm -hmm. And just this notion that this, this rosebud of a thing is just sort of forgotten, you know, the most important thing sentimentally yeah. is just forgotten. It's beautiful. It's, 
It's a beautiful shot. And and if you had done it, that was so smart, Michael, because if you had tried to do it practically, you'd still be there. You'd right be on take you'd be on take eleven thousand two hundred and sixteen at this point. Oh, yeah. we were losing the light. So we felt so <laughs> grateful that that when we called and we said, uh, Diane, um, yeah, we know how fearless you are. How do you feel about this? She was like, Yeah, we can do it. I'm sure we can do it. Amazing. Amazing. So everything in it is real, except that when yeah. you get to the back of the truck, nothing is falling out. No little stoppers falling out of the truck. Yeah, that so we rigged, we rigged the little thing, the piece of furniture, so it had a little trigger mechanism on the door. So as it was, as it was, the idea was that we wanted it to be coming up, and as he was sort of like pulling it over the threshold of the truck, right. it the door would just come open, right. and then the camera just anticipates where it's going to ultimately be, and then ends right. with a push in um, closer and closer. Uh, with people walking around in the background and uh, uh, and all of that. By the way, while we're talking about, I know there is more to this episode than the teaser, but the the, the uh, <laughs> there was a whole other camera rig that we that we built and that Marshall and and Jake our, our grip devised and Charlie our other grip, our rigging grip we like literally devised, which was the um, the standee in, in the pool, which mm-hmm. was a whole thing. We had an underwater unit. We had. Um, we we tried two different kinds of cameras. In the end, we used uh, a GoPro, funnily enough. We had a much more elaborate camera, but it was very difficult to adjust its settings. Uh, and so we ended up using a GoPro, but they had a rig built onto it. We had a separate standee that someone could carry as if it were, it was, it was, um, there was so much, uh, this is the thing about this show. You, if you dream it, there are people who can do it, you know, and Denise is here and she's living proof of that, but it's all the way down the line. I mean, it's literally all the way down the line on the schedule that we, that that any TV show has um, and the limitations that that sometimes you get in in this medium, people don't understand it on, on, on this show. They, it's a challenge and they will, they will get the shot. And that the the standee shot was a perfect example of that. It was extraordinary. Well, I have a question. Did the peacock make it in the cut? <laughs> Do we see the peacock anywhere? My favorite little piece of set dressing. There's a piece of, there's a peacock that we put There in was there. a peacock in, yeah, that was a brilliant piece of set dressing. Then we moved right next to the, the, the door, the, the entryway to the swimming pool. Um, I can't answer that, actually. Uh, you know who could answer that? Mike Bermantrout. <laughs> no. Well, there it is. There it is. Mike knows, he, he always has the information Anytime we need it, he's got it. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Mike, who was in Albuquerque, I think. For the, <laughs> That's true. For, Mike, for the filming Mike, of the Mike traveled. Mike traveled. With, in fact, if you uh, if you follow Mike Bearman Trout on Instagram or Twitter, uh, he's he he just might be detailing some of uh, his his amazing time in Albuquerque. He. Uh, he he tried some of the local um, foods and he visited some of the locations from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and uh, and Mike Mike maybe even uh, visited set and uh, got to go to some of those sets so uh, Mike had a great time in Albuquerque. <laughs> he always he's pithy, you know. For a bear, for a for a deadly bear, he's he's very pithy. Oh yeah, you don't want to you cross. Know, him. Speaking of. Speaking of Albuquerque, and and uh, with I know Chris, you're not going to bring this up, but we should mention at least that uh, Michael, you you and you and Michael had a side project that was uh, that that we should we should at least mention that we're all very excited about. Oh yeah, yeah for I sure. Hear about it. Yeah, our side hustle. 
You know, everybody yeah. these days, everybody well, has cool. to have a side hustle. And um, it's not that's not right. The right way to put it. But <laughs> no, it's another project. It's funny. Not a side project. Another project. Well, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to to direct my first feature film this year uh, or last year, I should say. Um, and uh, of course, I called Chris um, to edit the film. And thank God he said yes. And so we had this situation where I was, it was Fast and Furious filming, 19 days to, to shoot the movie. Classic, 19 days to shoot the film, a year and a half to edit the film. You know? uh, <laughs> but I mean, it was, it, so we had, we had our time. Michael, if you want it, to speed that up next time, just give me a call. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Shots. Oh, hey, now. Yikes. Uh, but the, the, the long story, I, you know, the, 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 the end of that story, which is, is worth mentioning because it is kind of extraordinary, is that there ended up being a little bit of an overlap during the first part of the season. And thank goodness uh, Chris McCaleb um, found a way to come to Albuquerque and we would actually um, edit the, the movie in the evening. We would, we would be um, prepping 601 in the daytime, location scouting, I'd be location scouting, we'd be having our, all of our meetings and our script work and, you know, and anything else we were doing. And sometimes 10 o'clock would roll around and I'd come back and I'd go, Chris, I don't know what to say. And he goes, I'm ready, let's go, let's go. And we'd work for a few hours and he brought this whole Avid and set it up in Albuquerque. It was extraordinary, and actually, on behalf of myself and 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 my film, I just want to thank you to Chris. Truly, that was an extraordinary gesture, and thank you to Better Call Saul for uh, enabling my film to be finished. I can't wait to see this. Can you tell us the title of the film and who's in it? Yeah, and and and, and all the other details. Yeah, well, of course. It, the film is called To Leslie, and it stars uh, Andrea Riceborough, who. Um, I had worked with on Bloodline and who is an extraordinary actress and, and also uh, Alison Janney and uh, Stephen Root and Mark Maron and Andre Royo. These are great actors. These are actors yeah. to me that, that, that I am, it was a real privilege to work with them. But uh, yeah, we just had our premiere at uh, the South by Southwest Film Festival. And nice. hopefully, you know, it, hopefully, you never know, hopefully it won't be the last time it's, uh, it's screened. So... It's a, it's a beautiful movie, and and Mike, Michael did just an extraordinary job. It's a, it's a really I'm I'm very grateful that he called me in to have been a part of it. It's it's a, it's a really special movie. Thank you. I look um, forward to seeing it. Yeah. But uh, but Michael, how did it feel when you read the script and you saw that you had to deal with ants again? Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. I felt I felt a little a little bit of pride actually. The, the ant ants king kind of the, the the ants were kind of worthy in the in the writers' room of being called back, <laughs> uh, and that was another that was another really um, really intricate shot actually that one uh, that we rehearsed one of the only other shots that we were able to rehearse beforehand we rehearsed it on stage this pullback from a kind of absolute ant macro all the way back until you kind of um, reveal. The, the context. I still can't talk about this thing as, without spoilers because I'm so it's so in, in but th by the time anyone hears this the episode will be out. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. Actually the first in fact the first two episodes will be out but let, we don't need to count on the fact that people will have seen them all cuz some people might watch them Got later it. and um you know see the see them individually. Right. 
That's a good point. But that shot, what, what kind of lens is that? I mean, you can't just, people who don't know photography, you can't just put any lens up there and pull, I mean, it's just, how does that, that was a hell of a shot. It was in fact the same lens that we used on the ants um, in previous seasons. So we, we kind of drew on our ant knowledge, um, but it's this, I think it's like a Lawa, I think it's called, Marshall will be able to tell you. It's this extraordinary telescope, this long like pinhole telescope is what it looks like. It's only about this yeah. thick. It's right. a long, thin barrel, like at the end of a, you know, an air rifle or something. And, and it, but it's able to focus to incredible, uh, incredibly close to the lens. Yeah. So we, we set everything up so that it was essentially, the idea was it was going to be one pullback. And of course, it was, in order for it to look like one pullback, what that means is amazing operating by the, by the camera crew, because along the pullback there was a lift and there was a twist and there was you know it's never wow. like completely straight but it appears to be and it starts with this ant you don't know where it is and gradually you reveal oh my god it's a, it's on a hand there's a phone oh it's this it, it, it's the guy from last season and then it ends of course with the with, with the twins um but that was you know that was such a great way of getting us into uh, uh peter it was a great way of getting us into you know, this context and this setting. That's a cool shot. That's great. Hey, so it's I could great. talk about, I love, I love all the camera stuff. I could literally talk about this for two hours, but for the folks at home who are wondering what the hell is going on with, uh, with Kim and uh, Jimmy in this episode, great what are question. they up to? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of scam are they pulling? I mean, we know that they, they, uh, they always come together uh, in, in, in such an intimate and important way when they're scamming. Um, but, uh, but this one, so I, 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 I love the way that it unfolds. I love, uh, everything that happens when he's, when he, when he's trying to get in to the locker room, let's talk about those two parts. There's, there's kind of two things to talk about. One, that, uh, phenomenal scene with, uh, Kevin Wachtel from, from, uh, Mesa Verde, uh, and um, and then and then uh, James Urbaniak as the um, sort of membership director or whatever his position is or the manager um, that that completely in insane scene of Jimmy with him uh, and followed by the locker room and um, but like talk talk about that whole sequence in terms of the filming of it do you think or the f I mean the the filming and the conception too just of uh, I mean it's I, I know Peter you've talked about uh, and Vince uh, you've talked about how um, you know this character Saul Goodman is 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 not you know when didn't Bob say I'm not Jewish like when he he's not yeah yeah and that's the, true that's to, true to 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 like directly confront and play up that part of his not heritage um, <laughs> and, and to, to use it as, as part of his scam. It's uh, so sleazy. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. He's such an sleazy. asshole. <laughs> it's such He's a, such an asshole. But you wrote, you did such a great job writing it, Peter. It is so, yeah. I love, I love the writing. I love, I love that scene. That is so, yeah. Talk about that. Well, this was, uh, this, you know, like everything we do, it's, it all comes out of the writer's room and we just had this, uh, question about how he you know gets to stay in the country club and gets to do what he needs to do there but what i was excited about was the idea of giving bob uh and michael kind of an aria you know a comedy a big a big big comedy scene where he'd get to command the room and really really have some twists and turns and have this confrontation i was very excited about that. it was really fun to write of course you know a lot of the jokes 
came from uh, came from all the all the great minds in the in the uh, in the writers room. But I, I I had a lot of fun writing it, and it's uh, you know it's it's hopefully it's borderline offensive, not just all the way over to being just strictly <laughs> offensive, um, because you know it's it's uh, it's, it's it's you know. Restri- all that stuff is real restrictions and so on. And this guy's such a such a bastard for taking taking advantage of it. But you, you you still love him for it, or at least I do. Let's put it that way. I love him. But but I have to say that once we uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but once we got down to the locker room, when I wrote it, I was a little bit at a loss because I, I didn't obviously I didn't know what the location was going to be. Where is this? Where is Saul going to hide when he's trapped? Uh, he's trapped by the early arrival of, uh, of, of uh, Howard and Cliff. And so I think what I wrote originally was, you know, he's lying on top of a row of lockers that are above eye level, or he was inside a locker and you, you could kind of dolly over and see his eyes peeking out, uh, peeking out from the locker. But once you f- we found the location, it, none of that made any sense. Uh, because of course the the lockers at the location were more or less eye level. You could see over them, which is good because it's harder to hide. And the lockers in a fancy place like that, you don't you don't see into. And and also, so we were we were all. I remember Vince Vince and Denise and Michael and we were all we were all kind of kicking this around. And Michael came up with this idea. Michael figured it out. Makes, makes yeah. the scene. It just makes the sequence. Absolutely, which is, of course, that he he strips, which is the exact opposite. I mean, it's just of what you would think anyone would do to hide. Yeah. Why would you strip? But of course, the 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 unspoken rule in a locker room is that men don't don't check each other. They're not supposed to anyway. They check each other out. So, in a weird way, nudity nudity is the best disguise. Which, yes. By the way, could have been a title for the episode. Um, but Michael, I, I Michael, I now I just jumped over. I, I know you wouldn't have told that story yourself because yeah. uh, you're too modest. But uh, it was one of those delightful moments when uh you know this is the the joy of this whole thing is is the collaboration and and having uh the ideas add to each other and that's 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 those moments those are the ones i treasure the most me too uh, that was brilliant it, it, yeah. i wish yeah. i had thought yes. that's the, the highest compliment i give is i was jealous that, when he came up with that yeah. on the call <laughs> on the zoom he had another zoom call on the zoom that's yeah. right yeah well, I'll take, i wish I'll i had take thought that. of that yeah. That's a, that's I take that compliment for sure. I mean, it just seemed to be that, that idea, I think, was born working backwards from that he gets to kind of be be futzing with his hair, which would be a you know perfect disguise. And then, of course, like just so funny. And I, and I just wanted to see Bob do that basically. And Bob, by the way, launched in like there was no talking him into it. Like he, oh, yeah. he was, you got to talk was, Bob into keeping his clothes on, yeah. <laughs> fully on board. Uh, Something he and Brian have in common. Uh, yeah, they they're they're both they're both uh, they're both quick to doff doff the clothes. What I was I know I just I love the stuff in the locker room. And just before we get too far past the the scene that yes. gets us to the yeah. locker room, I want to reiterate how great it was seeing seeing uh, uh, Rex Lynn again as Kevin Wachtel. God, I love that guy. And James Urbaniak, who I personally love his voice work. He plays uh, the voice of Doctor Venture and the Venture Brothers, which is a great oh. show, really smart show. He's a great. He's a great actor. He's, he's a wonderful a great voice artist. Yeah, wonderful actor. I I knew his work from a play. He did a play years and years ago, which was a one man show uh, called Tom Payne. Uh, Tom Tom Payne on nothing. Any Thomas Payne or Tom Payne? It's just a brilliant 
It was a brilliant monologue and he was extraordinary in it. And when it looked like he, he could come play it, that was, that was fantastic. Nice. He, had a great, he had a great time with Bob. And this was a long scene. I, I can't remember. It was like six pages or seven pages. It was a long scene, which is a real is a great opportunity. But you really need actors who can, who 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 can keep it going. You know, for such right. a long time. Mm-hmm. Plus, rolling with what Bob might, because you know, there like Peter said, there are moments in the scene where Bob can just stretch his wings a little bit, and that's really really fun yeah. to to see. Well, I loved it. All I was going to say, Vince, was what I loved about the writing and the conception of that scene. Was that it? It was such a turn. Like it, he, he when when uh, when Jimmy goes into the club, he's not his full self. You know, he's doubting in some ways. Like, should he be doing? Like, he's diminished, and you know, for whatever reason. And during that scene, that's where the kind of the thing about being Jewish, not being Jewish, comes in. I think it's so opportunistic. Like, he didn't come in necessarily with that plan. All right. There's this moment when he goes, "Screw this! I'm going to do it," and he just doubles down and it's so much fun to watch Bob do that. You know? It was fantastic. And he's and he's not so sure, you're right, he's diminished because Peter, I don't think he's it seems to me he's not thinking at the beginning that this is such a great idea. This is this is kind of Kim's scam. And that's I don't know right, that he's on board right. at first and or maybe he shouldn't be, but I don't know. Does he get hooked on it as is the scam, the juice, as like the famous line in Heat, you know, I do it for the juice. That's not an exact quote, but you the know action for me the action is the juice. The action is the, the juice. Action yeah. is the juice. Yes. Tom Sizemore and Heat. God, what a great movie. Well, here the action is the Jews. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know that he does because later when they're talking about it in the car, he says no. She's like, oh, I don't know. Do we go too far? And he says, no, it's perfect. Yes. They, they, they kind of take turns having doubts, you know, at least in this episode. They, you know, it's, it's, he's, he starts off, uh, like you say, diminished. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with what happened uh, with with Lalo uh, in the previous season. You know, he uh, they they barely escaped with their lives because Kim Kim was uh, on top of things uh, at the end of last season, and uh, he's 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 feeling insecure and and not not himself. Of that on top of watching a, a massacre out in the desert in, in Vince's episode, Vincent Gordon's episode mm-hmm. last season. And this is the whole episode is really about Jimmy getting his mojo back. Yeah. Uh, for better or for worse, uh, we'll find out. Yeah, because yeah. he he fucked up too when he said Lalo and the you know oh, I yeah. was yeah. watching that. Mm-hmm. He's he like, Whoa slip. shit. He's like, Well, I've a, that was a great retort too. I have a lot of clients. Is that retorted the wrong word? Anyway, but yeah. you know, when he says I have a lot of clients, that was a great fix, but then he goes in that empty courtroom, he's like, Oh fuck, if yep. I'm gonna do this. That's what I'm thinking that he's thinking that's is right. if I'm gonna do this, I gotta be on top of my shit. Yes. You know? That's true. That's absolutely you're absolutely right. That's 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 uh, I love that you're reading it that way, Kelly, because that's that's certainly what we intended. It's and Michael Michael did such a beautiful job of bringing, uh, you know, these are kind of complicated ideas, especially because nobody says it. And that's, that's one of the things I'm so proud of is that, you know, we don't have a, you know, we don't have a car- an explainer, you know, Jimmy doesn't go to a shrink, uh, <laughs> which would, you know, which make sure, certainly make our lives easier if he had, if he had a, or a bartender, a friendly mm-hmm. bartender who he could just confess to. He doesn't, he doesn't have any of those things. So we have to do it with, uh, uh, you know, filmmaking muscle uh which you know which michael and and uh joey and and the whole the whole team brought uh, which you know i gotta 
I got to say, too, um, as an editor, you know, these things really interest me. So I'm going to do a little bit of a segue using that because I want to go back to Nacho in the Motel. And, you know, even as I watched it again this this afternoon, um, I'm always very interested in what the character's thinking. What are we thinking? I'm very, 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 you know, curious and and what I usually base a lot of my my personal my personal work on in the room is where's the audience at and are we ahead or behind or are we right in the right place and I'm always very curious also with you guys as writers you know are 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 we at the place where you want us to be you know as as the writer and what I wrote down here was you know when Tyrus calls Nacho in the hotel room. I can't remember if he called. I think Nacho calls, but he calls on a phone that's basically mm-hmm. calling Tyrus. Um, uh, you know, I wrote, is Nacho figuring it out? And then I wrote underneath that, are we figuring it out? Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious because, you know, and that also leads into the part where, you know, Mike picks up the phone. It's a SIM, SIM 1, so I'm assuming that's Nacho, and you guys answer it for me because we go to another shot of mm-hmm. Nacho in the hotel room, right when Mike decides not to pick up that phone call. Um, and so that also, I'm like going, is Nacho figuring this out? It, are we figuring this out? What did you guys, it, is it what you hoped for? And one other question, was the shot of Nacho in the hotel room right after that, was that scripted or not? Oh, those are good questions. Uh, I think, you know, Nacho is very uneasy I think it's safe to say he's very uneasy. He's he's gotten he's gotten out from under. Uh, you know he's you know he knows everyone everyone certainly all, everyone in the cartel and also the federales. Everybody's looking for him, and mm-hmm. he seems to have this uh, this safe haven. But you know, let's not forget that you know his he's had experiences with Gus Fring. Gustavo Fring is the same guy who you know set him up, and they, they literally shot him in the side to sell to sell a story earlier. So I think he's, he's uh, his, his wheels are definitely turning and that's the, uh, and I think he's just in this very uncertain, uh, ambiguous, uh, anxious place here at the end of this episode. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see him again in the next episode or later in the season. I hope so. I'm worried about him. He's got no options. You know, Nacho is out of options. And in fact, part of the atmosphere we wanted to capture as he walked into this, motel was the eeriness of of it of not knowing of thinking he's constantly you know he's so guarded right and he has to be he's a survivor but um when he's in that room he doesn't trust a thing about that room and yet that's all he's got you know in this moment so i think it's the tension between those two things exactly what you said but i don't think we want to answer the question yet but we want the kind of possibility that he's onto something or we don't know what he's onto. Should, should okay. Be kind of out there. Because here's the other thing that, that is interesting to me again, uh, looking at the characters versus the audience as an audience, we're ahead. We know that Lalo is, we know that Lalo is alive. Mm-hmm. Right? right. At that point, yeah. we are ahead. We know that Lalo went through it and through it. We know a lot more than Nacho knows. Right. Right. And right. I'm, you know, and you know, we know a lot more. So I guess, I don't know. I, maybe it's a it's a dumb uh, train to you know. No, it's not a... to go along. But I'm like wondering as a as a writer as a director, um, you know, how do you guys deal with? In this case, how did you deal with? 
what the audience knows that's ahead of what your characters know at this point in time. The thing of it, the, the, you know, when in doubt, it's just drama 101 is unease. Drama 101 mm-hmm. is you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. A good way to look at it as a thought experiment is if he got to the, imagine as a viewer watching the show and he gets to the motel and he walks into the room and he flips a deadbolt and he goes, oh, I'm safe now. And he lies back in the bed. Oh, where's the magic fingers? Feels so good. <laughs> you know, oh, there's Gatorade in the fridge. You know, it, it would be, it'd be it, it wouldn't be as satisfying, would it? Because you'd think, well, it can't be that nothing bad is going to happen from from here on out. I mean, it's it's you know, it's the essence of drama is you're waiting for the. I'm just repeating this, uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop, and and also, you don't ever want your characters. You're right, the characters we're ahead of them. Even Gus Fring, the smartest guy in this universe, we're ahead of him. It seems a little bit. Maybe we are a little bit. Right. I think we probably are a little bit right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but we know how smart he is, and and we know he's never going to get suddenly dumb on us, because that's that's where a lot of stories go wrong. Is where your smart character goes dumb just for plot yeah. expedience, expediency. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's, it's yeah. I think it's it's sort of the principle of the whole show in some ways is suspense. Yeah. You know, is 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 it's not so much what's going on is what's going to happen when yeah. when when the characters learn what's going on, and and we'll you know we'll. This, I, I think we're all walking a tightrope here because this is, uh, this is, you know, this is, this is, this is. There's a lot more to say about this that we, right. that we could say here. Well, and right. if you, uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, um, thank you for listening. Uh, but also, uh, you, well, I think both of these will come out. The one and two podcasts will come out because one and two both aired on the same day. So yeah, that's true. So, but again, we don't know when you're listening to this in the future because we're in the past right now. Um, We're in your past. (laughs) No way. Yeah, right. That's right. Past and our future. You are. We're in our own future. You are. You are space travelers to us. Um, And speaking of space travel, I just I want. I know we have to wrap things up, but I just want to talk real quick about that last scene with Lalo and the smugglers and that that incredible vehicle. Uh, and then it, it, that there was that there was also that amazing high wide shot with Lalo yeah. and um, and and talk 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 a bit about the yeah. construction of that and then also that like that that truck that awesome truck that smuggler yeah I gotta truck. I gotta ask that too I wrote that that high wide shot down you're talking about the one where the car, the <clears throat> the pickup truck's driving on the road. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys do that? I I think that was a little bit of that was that that was a visual effect. We ah! we yeah we experimented. <laughs> sorry, with, sorry, Kelly. We we experimented with drones and we we flew some we flew some drones up and did some tests. Um, partly it would always have been a visual effect just because we were creating Mexico out of New Mexico, you know. And so when you go up that high, it just didn't have. There was too much civilization. There were too much stuff. Um, and then uh, and I think it was. Uh, yeah, Peter, you, you you had sort of like had this great idea for for something that's just I can't remember the word world you use, but just like epic scale, like truly kind of like epic scale. I think maybe between you and Joey, you know, um, just really, and I think it was a really lovely idea to sort of set this this playing field. So all we did was just use a crane and shoot, you know, on the on the stage actually, or just off the stage, just an overhead shot which was used as a plate, and then. Everything else, yeah. Yeah, our good folks at Rodeo up in it Montreal. 
It looked yeah, they, must have, they did a good job. They're, those guys are. They, they got some shit coming up this season. It's going to blow everyone's minds. Oh they, they, they are so talented. Hey, Denise, what was so? And we are. And I want to say it again, Denise. You were you were like the MVP. You were you were new to, <laughs> new to this season, uh, and you come into a show as you said earlier, sixth season of a show, and you just killed it. You and your folks just killed it. So. And you had a couple. You had to recreate, uh, like, uh, like uh, Gustavo's uh, uh, trailer. So it's yeah. more fun creating something new, obviously, than recreating something that already existed. But that's got to be its own set of uh, yeah. challenges because none of that stuff existed. The trailer, you had to recreate all that. How, how does right. that work? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, and that can be a little thankless because it, it is very complicated to recreate things, you know, and I know that there's so many fans out there that are looking at every little paper on the wall and everything. So, so to recreate that, it was lots of, lots of research. Um, and we, we got to a point in the art department, it's like, okay, no more photographs, just footage because mm-hmm. every photograph, you know, was different. Everything that we found in like the archives and everything, it depends on who took the picture. So, so we were, we were dependent on footage and dependent on Diane to send us a lot of the correct, you know, um, shots. But um, like the hay truck was mm. was one of those things, and um, so we, you know, we recreated the hay truck. That was a little complicated because you know you can't just stack a bunch of hay on each other and and make it move and drive. So we had rebar through, you know, some of the the hay bales wow. and. And, you know, we have to make it safe, too, for actors to get inside as well. And, you know, and it was very specific, uh, the first hay truck, the, the way the, the back, um, the way the, the, the hay, there was a shape, a particular shape that when the hay came out. Uh, so we, you know, paid a lot of attention to that. But it was uh, all those details. And then later on in the season, we had some pretty pretty iconic sets that we had to recreate and we were very very uh careful and about the details in those fantastic job those and and for folks who who just happen to have seen better call Saul and not watch breaking bad the hay truck you're talking about recreating is from right. uh way way back from in breaking gosh bad. what was it season two of uh, breaking bad uh when right. we first met the cousins so you had to yeah you did a wonderful you and your crew did a wonderful job on that right thank you it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> what a, a last scene! What a last scene, Lalo. How, is it hard making uh, Tony Dalton look like a badass, Michael? Probably not. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, he is born to. He's born to play that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, he's he's iconic, really. Yeah. Uh, already, which is kind of amazing, you know, to join a show, you know, and, and become an iconic part of that show as quickly as he has was is really amazing. That's the truth. That's true. That's true. He's, uh, he was mentioned in Breaking Bad, of course, the character of Lalo, and then it was. Uh, it took us quite a while to get to him. But boy, I, I just we're we're so lucky with the people we've. Well, luck, luck is of course of Biali and Thomas. Uh, that our casting folks are the best ever, yeah. uh, and you know they they brought us Tony, and thank God they mm-hmm. did because yeah. he's he is a he is he's he's. He's not only is he charismatic on screen and incredible in the role, he's also just a nice guy and f- so fun to work with. Uh, so, yeah, we're we're very, very grateful. And I'll give credit yet again to Mr. Peter Gould for the fact that there is a Lalo character in Better Call Saul <laughs> because I... 
I've said it before, I'll say it again here for posterity. I was all ready to give up on that. Because <laughs> as you said, Peter, it's one quick mention in the very first episode that Saul Goodman ever appears in back in Breaking Bad. Some throwaway line about Lalo. We never meant anything by it. It was just a line. And you said, <laughs> we got to figure out how to get him into Better Call Saul. And I find... Somewhere along the line in the last six or seven years, I said, who cares? <laughs> and, and, you, and you kept pushing for it, and we wouldn't have had Tony Dalton if I had, if I had won that. It wasn't really an argument, but I, I was just like, you know, go with God, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that it's worth that big a push. Man, I was, I was so wrong. We wouldn't have Tony Dalton if, if, it, if uh, everyone had listened to me. So good well, job. And we're, I don't I don't. <laughs> we're gonna have to wait till we have any next of it. week. We wouldn't have any of it if it if it didn't come from your mind to begin with on Breaking Bad. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Takes a village. It, it really right. does. Well, and speaking of villages, uh, we're gonna have to find out where Lalo's going uh, in the next episode, uh, which you've either just watched <laughs> together or you're gonna watch it uh, next time. But um, Michael and Denise and Peter and Vince and Kelly and Joey. And Jen, who's also on this Zoom, uh, even though she's not speaking, but we're going to have you on the podcast, Jen. I just want to thank you guys for your time and and all your stories, Denise. It's really hard to not because I just want to, I just want to talk to you about stuff that happens in and one of the most incredible I've ever seen. Uh, just, I still can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, the, uh, I remember that one. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all do. Um, oh boy, no, we don't. What a deep tease. Yeah, Kelly hasn't. Se- Kelly doesn't know anything. That's why I'm not saying anything. Don't give away to anybody that there's an episode. Say, don't give that away. I just want to say because it sounds like we're, we're heading down into the wrap up world. Yes. But it just just needs to be said how great a job Joey did. Hell on yes. This episode. Yes. So oh, thank fir- you. A, a first edit episode. I mean, you killed it. Plus, we had to edit over Zoom. Uh, that took some. That took some doing, and it took some, you know, uh, some wrangling of of some great systems that we that we we worked out to be able to to make it feel like we we were in the room together. But just so much invention and so many ideas. There's there's a whole other podcast on that, you know, that could be done uh, with with how you told the story. You, you there was a lot of footage to choose from, a lot of ways to tell particular stories. And uh, and you just had such a great path through it. So like bravo in your first. Oh, episode. that's very nice. You appreciate it. it. Great, it, um, great beginners great luck, Joey. Joey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very strange, uh, you know, getting the season going with with all the COVID stuff. Just that the office was quiet. I was I was cutting my first solo episode, and there was no one around. It was really surreal. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd worked with Michael on that awesome conference room scene, uh, the Wexler v. McGill scene. So, um, I had worked with him before I knew I was in good hands. Peter wrote an awesome episode. It was, uh, as easy as a first credit could have been to like make something good on the other end of it. So, uh, thank you all. Just don't think you're going to get paid anymore. All right. (laughs) Wait, you guys are getting paid? I will say. I will say Joey has the most toys and DVDs and uh, musical instruments in his room that I've seen in any editing room any, anywhere. And I worked in TV commercials. That's so true. it's it's, uh, it's very impressive. I'll put and that Joey on the resume. created a cult that we're all a member of. We were talking That's about true. the cult, Moon Joey. stuff. That, yeah, the, I think we've talked. we talked about it on the I podcast? I don't know. The one-off joke uh, like three years ago that we wear shirts of now. Joey, it was four years ago. Four now. years ago. 2018. Uh, 
Yeah, we yeah we we wear our shirts on Fridays. Um, we we like to have fun, and boy, an we know how to do cult, it, huh? right? Yeah, it's we, all it's inclusive. An inclusive cult. All, all inclusive. inclusive. Uh, uh, which Michael, means that once you've once you've joined, they they provide all the meals. Is that right? <laughs> well, you know, we're still working on that. It's it'll take a little bit longer. Uh, but what's the name of the cult, Joey? It's Moon Stuff. You know, moon it's stuff. stuff with the moon. Moon Stuff. Um, I you, love my shirt. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, uh, Michael, I just want <laughs> I you to shirt. know that if uh, there was a while there, if Peter needed a pick me up, he would just come in and watch the teaser. Just that's so true. You. That's, <laughs> true. that's true. It was no. it was and, his and, and, uh, happy place. That's, that's that awesome. is true. And and Diane knows because she can tell how many times I watched it on uh, picks <laughs> that I would watch it sometimes in the morning when I didn't feel so. Okay, I got to go into work. I would watch the teaser. And I okay maybe maybe this is going to be fun today. So it's, it's, uh, yes, I probably watched it. Uh, I watched it a lot. Let's put it that it way. It is a it is a all all joking aside. It is a tremendous piece of work, beautifully directed, Michael. Beautifully mm-hmm. set designed and 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 yep. creatively designed. Denise beautifully edited. Joey and uh, just it's just it's and there's not a single one of our actors in it. It's amazing, yeah. except as a standee, as a two-dimensional yeah. standee. It's, and it's oh. it's just it's so rewatchable. It's just brilliant. And I'll tell you one thing I'm very proud of is I took the picture that became the standee. Yes. That was I took that picture uh, oh, during in season three of Breaking Bad when we were doing uh, Saul Goodman Saul Goodman behind the scenes pieces. Uh, little, we were doing little, um, little videos, little funny Saul Goodman videos and TV commercials. Bob and I were doing, and uh, I took pictures for a uh, uh, a layout of uh, cl- outfits, and we I had to go back into my uh, into the archives to find all the pictures, and Michael picked the one that he thought would work the best. So it's, I, I'm very That's proud. Great. That's probably the pinnacle of my still photography right there. Nicely <laughs> <laughs> done. Um, awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Mike Bermantrout, as uh, you know, as always, for your insight. My pleasure. Uh, and thanks, Chris Sullivan, for no reason in particular. And um, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think, Denise, because I feel yeah, like Michael yeah. did it uh, last season. Uh, we we end every podcast by having one of our guests do their best Bob Odenkirk style Better Call Saul. Oh no! <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot. You don't have to. Chris, Chris made Chris um, explained it wrong. It's not Bob Odenkirk style. It's Saul Goodman style. Oh, there you go. Did you like Bob when you met him? He, uh, what he said something to me, which was, uh, you know, referring to the art department about um, something like, uh, well, you know, about this show or something like that, referring to, and I said, you know, like it's a hard art department show. I said I was warned. I said, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew what I was getting into. And, um, and it was, it, and of course, I'm happy I did it. I was honored to do it, especially this, this last season. It really meant a lot to me. And uh, so I'm, and I'm happy that everybody was pleased with everything we did. Well, Denise used to say, job. used to say every once in a while to me, well, this is my season. And <laughs> you is, know what? It, it really is <laughs> it your sure season. Was. And you Good. did. You knocked it out of the park. You sure did. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. And that's and you're following in some big, big footsteps. I know. Is, I know. Well, like I said, is... I, I read that first script and I thought, oh, my God, you know, no pressure here, you know. So um, but it, it's 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 nice to be back and done. And, and I, I can't wait to see it. I have not seen anything yet. So except dailies. Oh, so I'm very, We're excited very excited for you to see it. 
Um, but you seriously yeah. got to well, do this voice. No yeah, one can refuse Christmas right. So seriously. what am I supposed to say? You say the words, better call Saul. Better call Saul. Yes! 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 Yes!